So I'm hoping by looking at the experiences of other countries who've dared to search and face the truth that the UK mm -hmm. may one day be courageous enough to attempt the same. There's this question mark around this specific event in your life that you're just finding very, very difficult to discuss. And British people are obsessed that, that the Caribbeans just want money off us. But I go, actually, the conversations I have is they'd like to have a conversation. <laughs> we need to enlarge the narrative and we need to accept that that enlarged narrative is not a threat. I mean, it's all about who tells the story. And so when it's those in power, they tell it in a way where we don't have to pay reparations or we return certain items that we've taken violently. <laughs> a truce commission should always be there to listen to the victims and believe them. It's not a question of establishing the perfect truce of one event. What you want to establish is a pattern and a system. We're trying to create a shared understanding of the past so there's an ability to move forward, no longer divided. My mum's my family, they're, they're the sort of family that keeps records, I mean, not least because they're living in the same house that my ancestors lived in 500 years ago. And, and I was down in the basement and just sort of poking around and I kept coming across the words Tobago and Jamaica. And I had no idea why. And, and I asked my mother and she said, oh, yes, that's a bit embarrassing. We were involved in slave ownership. So this is an absolute shock to me. I mean, I'd been, you know, like so many posh British people, been brought up to kind of worship my ancestors. And, and, and I thought this, isn't, this story shouldn't be hidden. It's about today's Britain. We are not especially bad, but we are especially good at denial. If you don't know your own history, you don't know how to right the wrongs that you that your ancestors have made. There are views at the moment which are very prevalent uh, in some parts of society, which are objectively clearly delusional, and they fulfil quite a lot of the criteria for a delusion. They are fixed beliefs that are held against a lot of evidence to the contrary. Do you think you managed to reconcile these different versions of history? Our standard is balance of probabilities. I think we have a version that is pretty close. You talk about closure. What is closure? Do you think it helped with closure? I think knowing the truth, not just knowing what happened, but also having someone listen to you. So I think being heard, being respected, and listen to, I think that was an important part of the closure as well. You know, the final step would be some recognition, you know, by the government. When to start as a, you know, we could start with Christoph Columbus if we were really honest about the truth. All of these explorers, you know, they're still pictured as heroes without really saying that, in fact, these were criminals. When I heard Boris Johnson say that we don't want to edit our history, Actually, we do nothing but edit our history because we edit all the bad things out. If you're going to get people to come forward and tell the truth about horrific events and they're rolling them, then you need to offer them a carrot. And that carrot is the amnesty. And an amnesty means that you won't be prosecuted. We don't see amnesty being palatable without you signalling, here's my trust fund for reparations. Reparations are very important for 
the collective. They add to this collective therapy that we need as a people. Who are in these rooms discussing reparations and who who is not in them, I think, importantly? I find that justice is kaleidoscopic. Each individual has their own perception and notion of justice. I don't think a criminal prosecution is always necessary for justice to be served. It really depends on what the individual, the victim, wants. For me, justice is, number one, ensuring that the story of what happened and who this person was is out there, and having to face the families. So we made those perpetrators come forward and basically have the families say whatever they wanted to them. You know, once they had realised that they were responsible, I thought they were definitely, definitely transformed. You can forgive, but you can still want to make people accountable. It is important for people to understand that actions have consequences and you're going to be held accountable because it was that sense of not getting justice that actually allowed the dictatorship to cement itself and to flourish and to corrupt. There doesn't appear to be a huge amount of evidence to suggest that for, like forgiveness is necessary for this kind of moving on. You know, the whole situation is far more nuanced than you'd think. It's not really black and white, good and bad. There is no cut. Everything that happened then is still very much impacting everything that's happening, both in Europe and in Africa, and people haven't forgotten. It's almost like a sort of a piece of unfinished business that we all need to take part in, because it involves us all to some extent. I mean, there's no one living in Britain today who is not in some sense the heir to slavery or an heir to slavery. Inheritance of ill-begotten gains potentially are passed from one generation to the next. Whereas you talk about the negative side, you're meant to just get over it. That's a contradiction, is it not? That connection to the past and the present, inherited privilege and inherited trauma, that's what we're trying to deal with, is it not? You know, I certainly encountered some anger, but it wasn't directed against me. It was directed through the injustice, which, you know, someone in one of the plantations said to me, why is it that when my ancestors worked so hard to make you so rich and we're still so poor? And, I, you know, there is no answer to that. The guilt isn't really helping us. Guilt tends to paralyse us and has a paradoxical effect of making us do more of what we used to do. There must be hundreds of families who have, inverted commas, incriminating papers in their attic. And then read passages, passages from the journals of those who were involved. We burnt down this village. And on this day, we'd like casually how they like, we did this and we did that. It's passages from actually those who committed them. I mean, and I think also what happens is that some group of people listen to those who look exactly like them. The whole racial logic is sustained today in this migration logic. That we need racism in order to sleep at night, because otherwise you would just see that other people die uh, because of borders. If you're white in a white world, I mean, you're better off. But that doesn't mean that you're not losing your humanity. Everybody does. We are the sick. We, we are the people who did this appalling act. And so we, we, how do we heal ourselves? The denial is the single most toxic thing. And where do you see the hope? I see hope in these micro encounters, in just daily life. I don't see hope when I look at politics. I don't see hope when I look at media discourses. If, if politics are not interfering, we come together. 
so many people don't know about the strategy of divide and rule. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I'm hearing you say that we yeah. need to break out of. Yes, create new institutions, new places of commonality, new places of encounter. So a British Truth Commission? It's possible because the, the new generation in Germany, they don't feel guilty or ashamed for being German, but they are very aware of the history and they don't mind talking about the really negative aspects of it. They can talk about it without shame, but with, with an understanding that it gives you responsibility for the future. If it's put as a non-punitive truth-gathering exercise, it might be more palatable. It's really to offer that platform to a group of individuals that I usually not listen to, especially from a part of society that has probably been denying that grief and that suffering. And I think if that could be one of the outcome, that would already be a big part of it. These kinds of emotional wounds, are we actually reopening them or have they just never been closed? And do we need to actually close them? Is this process just helping close them? The context is what might help reconciliation. If people understand why someone acted the way they did at a different time. The stories you, one needs to hear are, are of hope and turning over anciently based problems with new solutions. I feel there's just such a strong incentive for us as a nation to achieve some kind of ease with ourselves. The biggest incentive is to live in a country that is more harmonious. There's a fairly general sense of what's fair in human culture across the globe. And if you're a fair-minded person, you generally have the same view wherever you're from.